Hello, and welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. I'm Pastor Joshua Curtinback. Today is the Festival of the Reformation. Our Gospel reading today comes from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say, You will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin, and the slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the word of the Lord. Our sermon was recorded earlier today at our divine service. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. In Leviticus chapter 23, the Lord outlines the feasts of the Old Testament calendar. One such feast was Sukkot, also called the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. It was both a harvest festival and a time in which they lived in tent-like structures outside in order to remember their time of wandering. As the Lord said, you shall dwell in booths for seven days. All native Israelites shall dwell in booths that your generation may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. In our gospel reading this morning, there is a confrontation with some of the Jewish followers of Jesus, which happened in the temple courts during the Feast of Booths. This helps us see how unbelievable the following statement is. We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. This happens right after many believe in him when he was confronted by the Pharisees, and then there was a great debate about him. In response, our Lord says to those who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Their answer that they have never been enslaved to anyone raises the question as to what kind of freedom this is which our Lord speaks. It is obvious that these new followers imagined that he was talking about some sort of freedom from earthly powers. For when Jesus says, the truth will set you free, they immediately respond that they've never been slaves to anyone, despite the fact that this statement ignores their history, their religious beliefs, and their current state of affairs. For the Jewish people had been slaves in Egypt, and then many years later they were captives in exile in Babylon. It ignores their religious beliefs, because throughout the Old Testament, in both the Law and the Prophets, the Lord identifies himself as the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt. This festival is imminently tied to their rescue from Egypt by God. Their denial of being slaves at any time, at this time especially, is like someone today in church on Christmas Eve asking what Jesus has to do with Christmas. Finally, it ignores their current state of affairs under the Romans. 
For while they were certainly not slaves under the Roman government, neither were they particularly free. They did not have their own independent ruler, but a ruler who submitted to the Romans and was king in name only. They had a Roman governor who took after the affairs of Roman law. They were not able to practice their own civil laws to the same extent as they would have if they were free. They had Roman coinage, they paid Roman tribute, and had Roman soldiers in their cities and towns. And this ultimately is the freedom which many Jewish people were looking forward to from the Messiah. There were hopes that the Messiah would come and vanquish the Romans, kicking them out of the Promised Land so that the Jewish people could live in peace in a free and independent messianic kingdom. This is reflected even in the Twelve, who argue at times over who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom, who will sit at Jesus' right and left hands, and who, even after our Lord's resurrection, asked, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? We also see these hopes in groups like those at Qumran, who had their own writings, who explained that they believed that the Messiah would come, he would free Israel, and he would ultimately defeat all evil in all of the world in a massive military battle with angels and the Qumran Jews at his side. But this is not the freedom which our Lord is talking about. His kingdom, as we must remember, is not of this world. And so we ask again, what kind of freedom is this if it is not from earthly powers or earthly slavery or servitude? In our day and in our culture, freedom is defined as the ability to act or speak or think without constraint. It is to be completely without any other norm or rules or laws which keep one in check. This freedom is the you-can't-tell-me-what-to-do sort of freedom. It's the freedom which says, live and let live, as long as no one's getting hurt, it's a free country. Based on our cultural understanding, one might think that this freedom then is the freedom from the constraints of the law. Freedom to live as one best thinks according to their heart. In essence, though, that sort of freedom is freedom to sin. Because, as Jeremiah notes, the heart is deceitful above all else, and desperately sick. Who can understand it? This sort of freedom judges what is good and what is evil based on one's feelings towards that thing. It is not based on an external law, but rather on an internalized feeling. It says, it seems right to me, and so, because I'm free, I'll do it. And while this is the sort of freedom that our culture promotes and esteems highly, it is not the freedom that our Lord gives, and it's not even a new idea. St. Paul writes in Romans 6, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. The freedom of which our Lord speaks this morning is not the freedom to sin. No, it is not, because that is not freedom at all. That is slavery. Slavery to the sinful flesh, slavery to our passions, slavery to the devil, slavery to death. It seems to be freedom, but it is enslavement. As our Lord says this morning in our gospel reading, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. 
Certainly, the freedom which the truth grants is not freedom to sin, for the one who commits sin is a slave to sin, and so they're not free. The freedom which our Lord is speaking about today in our gospel lesson is the freedom from sin, the freedom from slavery to sin. As St. Paul says, all have committed sin <clears throat> and fall short of the glory of God. And our Lord tells us whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. As all have sinned and all sin because of their corrupted nature, all are slaves of sin. All need this freedom which our Lord speaks of, which he alone offers. For slaves to sin will not remain in the house forever. But as the Son of God, Jesus Christ remains forever. He alone can set one free from sin, set one free from slavery to it. The freedom which he gives is to bring us back to how we were originally created, to be free from our sinful nature which desires to control us. It brings, it being, it is being set free to worship, follow, and obey God by his grace and spirit. We cannot come to this freedom on our own, however, or attain it by our own works, because we are bound by sin. Instead, our Lord gives us this freedom by his grace. Now, in this time, in this life, we do not possess this freedom in its fullness. Since our sinful nature still remains with us, it still tempts us, it still draws and incites us towards sin. We still sin daily due to the weakness of our flesh, despite our desire not to. We still need to pray as our Lord has taught us, forgive us our trespasses, and we mean it. But for now, in this time, in this life, we do possess this freedom as the forgiveness of sins. For Jesus' sake, we possess it by being freed from sin's mastery over us, and are able to, by the gracious working of the Holy Spirit, resist our sinful nature and flee temptation. By the help of the Holy Spirit, we're able to mortify our flesh, to put to death our old sinful nature, so that by God's grace we may be able to follow after him and seek those things which he loves and commands. And so where does this blessed freedom come from? First and foremost, it comes from Christ, for the Son, for He is the Son of the Father who remains forever. His work is what brings freedom. For as we have said, all who sin are slaves to sin, and all have sinned. There then needs to be someone who is free first in order to free us. That is why the Son came into the world. That is why He was born of the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's why he lived a sinless life. That's why he was crucified for us to atone for our sins. It's why he was resurrected on the third day for our justification. It's why he ascended to the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. From there, he will come again to judge the living and the dead, to raise all up from the dead and bring those who have been set free into eternal life with him where we will remain forever. For if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. 
This freedom from sin and death, which includes the forgiveness of sins, comes because of his work. How, then, does it come? It comes through faith. For justification, which is being counted as righteous for Jesus' sake, is by faith alone. Faith is the <clears throat> faith in the one who has done all of this for us. It is the means by which this freedom is received. Our Lord says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is first that we are sinful, slaves to sin and incapable of saving ourselves. The truth is that he has done all that is necessary for us, our salvation by his life and death. The truth is that we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. It is faith in the one who is the way, the truth, and the life which delivers this freedom from sin. This faith can only come to us by the working of the Holy Spirit, who works through the Word. Our Lord tells us this morning, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Those who have faith are those who are set free. Those who are set free are those who are truly the disciples of Jesus. And those who are the disciples of Jesus are those who abide in his word. His word which creates and sustains faith in us. The devil, the world, and our sinful flesh do not want us to be disciples of Jesus. They do not want us to be set free from sin. They would rather have us remain slaves to sin. Our Lord tells us that to be set free, we must abide in his word. His word which presents the promise of justification by faith, the word which speaks of our freedom from sin, the word in which the Holy Spirit works, the word which teaches us what the Christian life is. To be set free, one must be then a student of Christ, for that's what a disciple is. A disciple is a student. It is to recognize that we are never strong enough in our faith, that we do not need to keep sitting at the feet of Jesus to learn from his word and to receive his gifts from his hand. If we do not abide, <clears throat> if we do not abide in his word, our flesh may overpower us. If we do not abide in his word, we may give in willingly to temptation and sin. We may decide to abide in sin rather than abiding in his word. In that case, we make ourselves yet again slaves to sin after being freed by, sin, by Christ from sin. May God save us from this. The Lord warns us of the dangers of falling away, and they are real. If we decide not to abide in his word, but reject it and the working of the Holy Spirit, and embrace instead our sinful passions of our flesh, then we must repent and come again to sit at the feet of our Lord who has freed us, not so that we may continue to be a slave to sin, but so that we may learn from him what true freedom is and what it is to be as humanity was first made. May the Lord keep us from falling away so that we may ever abide in his word. 
In the days of the Reformation, there were many such persons who fell away after experiencing this freedom, desiring instead to be slaves to sin. Many flocked to hear the pure gospel because they were relieved that it meant freedom from the system of the Pope, the system which included the false doctrines of purgatory, the granting of indulgences, the meriting of forgiveness, the imposition of necessary fasts and feasts of which it was sinful not to observe. Many also thought, however, that it meant freedom from earthly rulers and even the law. Such persons rebelled against their leaders, and they decided the law didn't mean anything to them. When they were confronted with the cross of Christ, with trial and hardship, with needing to accept one's lot in life, with freedom which comes from knowing that Christ has granted us freedom, life, and salvation so that we may follow him instead of our hearts, many fell away. They did not abide in the word, but desired instead to abide in sin and their passions. This freedom Christ gives is so that we do not need to earn our salvation, for we cannot. Instead, it is a gift. It is a gift of Christ, the Son, who remains forever. Yet we can reject it if we do not abide in his word. If we do not avail ourselves to the study of his word, to the faithful hearing of it, to the faithful use of his sacraments, which he gives in order to strengthen our faith, so that we may remain steadfast in temptation and trial. For when we, by God's grace, abide in the word of Christ, we remain near our ever-present help in trouble. We find our secure and strong anchor, which holds us fast in the midst of the storms of this life. For we know that in Christ, we have been given more than we could ever have earned or deserved. When we abide in the word of Christ, we become rooted in him and find our life and breath and being in him. We know the forgiveness which he gives and the freedom from sin. We know that with his aid, we can bear all crosses and trials which he lays upon us and abide in him and his word as we learn from him. As we abide in his word, we learn from him the truth which sets us free. We learn from him and believe that if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.